You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. I'm Sarah Honiger. And I'm Christy Landwehr, and you're listening to this special monthly NRHA episode of Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for this Thursday, January the 11th, 2024. Good morning, Horse World. It's the second Thursday of the month. That means it's time to slide in to the National Reigning Horse Association episode of Horses in the Morning. So, Sarah, can you believe that it is 2024? No. I <laughs> <laughs> I think every year it just goes faster and faster, and I'm not quite sure how that's possible, but it never ceases to amaze me. Unbelievable. I know. And I, you know, we don't really check right anymore. So at least I don't have to worry about messing that up. But even doing other things, I'm like, wow, 24 always is strange. Yes. Very, very strange. (laughs) It is. I've already had to write a check for my farrier. (laughs) Oh, there you go. So you already had to do it. (laughs) Yeah. One and done. (laughs) So do you have New Year's resolutions? Do you play that game? You know, I used to play the game every single year and I tended to disappoint myself. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, you know, I try not to put too much pressure on the game other than maybe waking up and drinking some water before coffee. I think that's something small that I surely can do for the next year. What about you? That is a great idea. I'm going to add that one to my list. (laughs) No, I'm one of these crazy people that every year is like, I'm going to go to the gym more. And, you know, by like February 1st, I'm like, eh, not so much. So (laughs) I'm making it easier this year. I'm just going to literally go out and hang out with my horses. Notice I did not even say ride them. Mm. Hang out with them more. Just be a part. They're in my backyard. I mean, come on now. I don't even board them anywhere. I don't even have to get in the car. (laughs) And I just tend to be like, oh, it's cold out there. And Mm. oh, I'll just feed them really quick and come in. But no, I got to do more with them. And I do teach lessons on them. But you know, when I do that, it's work right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I just need to hang out with them and just be. So that is what I'm going to do. I love that. Well, if you're adding my resolution, I might go ahead and add yours to mine because that one's a pretty good one too. (laughs) Yes. I think your horse will appreciate seeing you more. (laughs) I love that. Well, speaking of things we're looking forward to in 2024, we have some pretty fun NRHA work trips that are already planned. And one of the most exciting ones I think that's coming up um, that I'm looking forward to actually is our winter meeting. It's going to be in Oklahoma City at the Omni Hotel. And for anyone listening, it's wide open. I mean, certainly to vote on things and what have you, you need to be an NRHA member, but we just invite people to come. Mm -hmm. It's a great way to learn more about the industry, learn how to get involved, be part of committees. Um, or at least, you know, kind of get an experience of what a committee is like to see if you could maybe see yourself being on one. It's a really uh, an informational trip for sure. And what I enjoyed, I think, Sarah, so much last year was we had the judges actually go through our futurity runs of 2022 and analyze them step by step in regards to each maneuver and how the judges scored each maneuver. And I thought that was so incredibly educational. Yes, that is one of my favorite parts too. It's really, really nice. Um, And it's a really just open, transparent discussion, which I think is a really unique opportunity for sure. And I know we're doing that again this year. I saw that on the schedule, which will be really good. But it is really good just to come and just be a fly on the wall. You know, find out more about raining, find out more about what it all means. And then in March, boy, is there an event coming up in Texas. Do you want to share a little bit more about the American Performance Horseman? 
Sure. So the American Performance Horseman is part of the American Western Weekend in conjunction with the American Rodeo, all, of course, with our good friends at Teton Ridge. It's March 8th and 9th at Globe Life Field in Arlington, Texas, which if you're a baseball fan, it's exactly where the World Series just happened and was won by the Texas Rangers. So that's pretty cool to see our Western athletes in that same exact space. I think that's a really fun part. And the top five of NRHA's most accomplished riders will be competing in the reigning and then also on teams for prize money. And those were just announced today, actually. So this is hot off the press. But if you decide to go to this event, you will get to see Andrea Fapani, Brian Bell, Casey Deary, Cade McCutcheon, and Jason Van Landingham. It's going to be awesome. And speaking of Brian Bell, he's actually one of our guests today. Do you want to explain a little bit more about what we're going to chat about today? Yes, I would love to. So we will get to hear from our 2023 NRHA fraternity winners. So you have Brian Bell, which is NRHA professional. He won our level four open. And then we'll also get to hear from Lane Colston, who won the non-pro And the cool thing is it was their very first fraternity win for both of them. This is the largest reigning competition in the world. It has nearly $3 million in prize money. And it's really what we like to call our Super Bowl. So it's absolutely major and it's really exciting for both of these guys. And it takes place in Oklahoma City every year in November. So it just recently happened. So we're really excited to chat with them today. And going back to the winter meeting really quick, that the best days to come to that are going to be February 5th and 6th. And it's again in Oklahoma City at the Omni Hotel. And you can go on our website and nrha.com and then it's um, slash winter meeting and find out more about that. And the schedule is printed there too. And how can people find out more about the American Performance Horsemen, Sarah? That's a great question. Uh, on AmericanRodeo.com would be the best place. And I would definitely encourage you to make a weekend out of it. They don't call it the MS- American Western Weekend. It's kind of a tongue twister. <laughs> <laughs> they don't call it the Western Weekend for nothing. You should really make a whole weekend out of it. Go to the American Performance Horseman. Go to the American Rodeo. Luke Bryan is going to be performing there. I mean, it'll be truly a whole event and you won't want to miss a single part of that weekend. I felt so lucky to go to it last year. It was unbelievable. The energy was palpable. I mean, everything was so good. So highly recommend going if you, of course, are located there or even to fly in. It's it's a worthwhile trip to fly in and experience. Yes. I can't wait to see it this year. It's going to be a blast. And speaking of Texas, I get to be there uh, in just a couple of weeks. I'm going for the Western and English Sales Association show that happens at the Dallas Mart. And if you've never been to the Dallas Mart, oh my goodness, you walk in and you just look up and you think to yourself, thank goodness I'm wearing comfortable shoes. (laughs) Because you walk and walk and walk. There are some vendors that are retailers that are there year-round. Others come in just for the specific show like this. So Anything you can think of horsey, anything, Western or English is going to be there. So all the clothing companies, all of the saddle manufacturers, bridles and bits and boots and helmets and hats, and it just goes on and on and on. It is an unbelievable few days, and it's going to be January 18th, 19th, and 20th. And again, it's open to anybody who wants to go and be a part of that. Um, Buyers come in, of course, and retailers are there, but they also have kind of a general day pass where you can go and just experience it. And it's, it's quite the event for those that have never 
never been. They even have um, fashion shows throughout the day. And some of the models are extremely good looking and including the men models. Not going to lie, ladies, that, that's always <laughs> fun. And it's, it's just a really good time. Well, I used to go to that when I was in Denver and I might have to tag along with you. I know you're going for work, but I might just show up to shop. <laughs> I think that sounds great. It's driving distance. You should. <laughs> <laughs> well, very good. Well, we are so looking forward to um, chatting with our first guest and we'll be back in just a second. I'm so excited to introduce our first guest today, Brian Bell. Brian Bell started his reigning career at 18 years old, winning the NRHA 14 to 18 youth world title, and he's now an $2 million rider. Brian trains out of a ranch in Valley View, Texas, but today he's actually joining us from the Dominican Republic. Thanks for being here today, Brian. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. How is it there? I'm sure it's much prettier than the office I'm sitting in. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 80 degrees today. (laughs) <laughs> well, I hope you're enjoying some well-deserved time off. You just come came off of winning the NRHA fraternity, the first time ever on an undefeated mare. Tell us a little bit about Crystallized Whiskey. Um, she, uh, we got her when she was uh, like in June of her yearling year, and uh, Wallace Wood, uh, the the guy that owns her, he, you know. I brought her home. He, I wanted to turn her out in the pasture with the other babies. And uh, he said, I don't want you to turn her out. I want you to teach her how to go on the walker, you know, pony beside the golf cart like the two-year-olds do and, and uh, you know, treat her like a show horse until it comes time to ride her. Um, and so that's how it started with her. And so then by the time we came along to ride her, um, you know, it was she didn't really care about anything because she had been exposed to so much before. Well, it definitely showed, you know, you've showed her multiple times this year, undefeated at all of them, which is pretty unheard of for those who are not in our industry. So what kind of expectations did you have going into the fraternity with this mayor after the year you had? She had showed so strong in her first two fraternities. Um, uh, in Florida, I marked a 225 and a half and then a 224 and a half. And so I had, you know, a lot of expectation that she would do good. Um, and I had a little mistake in the first go around. And so then, um, she won the second go around and I think was maybe the only open horse that her score went higher in the second go around than, um, than the first go around. And Brian, you have been second at the Futurity multiple times. How does it feel to finally get it? And then the whole thing with the runoff, just tell us how you were feeling at that exact moment, what all happened. And not everyone listening knows exactly how a runoff works or any of that. You're kind of, um, a lot of our listeners are maybe even brand new to reigning. So if you want to kind of explain how all that felt and what it was all about, that would be great. Um, it, it was, it was a really cool experience. Um, you know, especially since, uh, you know, in 2006, I was second, and then I was second again in 2020, um, also behind Andrea Pafani. Like, I was draw 24 uh, in 2020, and Andrea was last. Um, you know, so this year, it was almost like a deja vu because <laughs> I was draw 22, and he was last. So when I took the lead. I, I knew, you know, not to get to get excited because there was a lot of, um, 
you know, good guys that were capable of, you know, beating me. Um, but, you know, so when we decided to do the runoff, um, I was just, uh, and I was like, I've been second twice already. I just can't do it that way again. And I, I think, uh, you know, co-champions, you're kind of, you're kind of the winner, but kind of not, um, <laughs> you know, so I, I wanted to do it myself if I could, know, knowing that if I, if I didn't do it, it was $200,000 difference in prize money. And that's just the prize money. Then you have to flip for the diamond ring. You have to flip for the trailer. You have to flip for all the other things, right? So going for it is is pretty cool, Brian. I'm I'm excited that you guys did that. And from my perspective as staff and also, you know, a spectator of the sport, you made it a very exciting evening. It was not dull. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I was blown away with, uh, you know, all the stuff that went along with being first at the fraternity that I didn't know about um you know when i did some of the interviews and i finally got my, i get on my horse and i'm like wow those are real roses around their neck <laughs> oh. normally i normally i like the some of the smaller shows there's uh you know nylon roses around their neck and uh you know and then i'm in the middle of the arena and uh odette uh odin is uh measuring my finger for a ring and I said, uh, don't you give those to the owner? And he goes, yeah, I make the owner one and I make you one too. <laughs> and I, I just always thought it was for the owner. Um, you know, so I was, I was blown away with all the extra stuff that came along with that. Yeah. So no dead from MS diamonds. He's awesome like that because it's just as important the writer and owner relationship, right? Both of those are so important. So tell us a little bit, what did your family think? What was their reaction? What was Wallace's reaction as owner? What, how, how did all that, that go when it happened? Um, <clears throat> you know, we were, we were actually out back and we were trying to decide whether to run off or not. And I'm, you know, having a hard time deciding and, and, Wallace pats me on the back and says, uh, Brian, you don't have to do this if you don't want to. And, uh, I kind of looked at him and I looked at my horse and my horse was looking at me like a Disney movie or something. <laughs> and uh, I said, this, this horse can do it again. Let's, let's, let's do it. And, uh, it was pretty cool because, uh, Sean Florida and Jason Van Lanningham came over to, you know, make sure I knew how much time I had and uh Jason started clearing the the outside warm up arena. Um and Sean Flaherty went across the street with me to just help me keep track of time of the forty five minutes that we have uh, you know, to get our horses ready or and I thought that was pretty cool that two guys that I had just beaten, um, they said, Well look, we can't win it, so let's go help you win it. Awesome. And uh Wallace is uh, a, a very, uh, you know, quiet person, and uh, you know, he he said in, in the two days that he was there, he had had his picture taken more um, in at the fraternity than he had in twenty years. <laughs> and uh, my my family was, um, I think they were blown away because they know how hard we uh, work for to try to win the fraternity and try to win, you know, every show that we go to, um, you know, and the fraternity I think is the hardest one to win. And so when you 
finally do that, the amount of emotion, emotions that go crazy, you just, um, you're not really prepared for them. Um, which was cool. <laughs> well, it was, you know, being at the back gate, it was so emotional seeing, you know, you come out of the arena and your wife, Nike and your parents and, uh, you'll see a surprise at the end of the Rainer magazine in January that I think you'll love. It's just the most beautiful photo of all of that emotion. It was just the neatest night to watch. Yeah. My, my dad, uh, there's a video of my dad and Nike and, and Carol there, uh, you know, in the stands cheering. And, uh, you know, if you didn't know what they were cheering for, um, you know, you would almost think they were, uh, you know, at a basketball game or something, and they're, <laughs> uh, going crazy. And my, my dad and, and, uh, Nike and Carol, they were all crying and, you know, other people in the stands are videoing them. And I was like, I didn't know you guys, uh, went so crazy up in the stands like they do. You know, the part that I loved too, I loved when all the hats flew in the air, right? <laughs> you threw your hat in the air, then a bunch of other people from the stands threw their hats in the ring. That was awesome. Yeah, I've got to work on my hat throw, though. My hat throw wasn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> got to practice that. Have that be part of your training yeah, gotta, now. Gotta, yeah, i got to work on that for sure. <laughs> well, Ryan, I've really loved, you know, you talking about your mayor disco. She obviously is so special, but I think your relationship with her and obviously plays such a huge part of it. But hearing you talk about going in to a runoff and knowing what she'd been through during the year and how strong she showed, I really have loved hearing you talk about the strategy um, of that run and of you showing her. Would you mind telling our listeners a little bit about that too? Uh, yeah, it was it was kind of cool because uh, you know when you decide to have the runoff, you have forty five minutes. Uh, your, your clock starts, but and you, you got to do the runoff within 45 minutes. Um, and so I took Disco across the street, and uh, I mean I load, you know, in the gate and down to the other end of the arena, and uh, walked back to the middle, stood there for a second, and uh, I think I loaded three circles, one direction, and then uh, you know I decided to. You know, this horse is tuned up. She doesn't need any extra anything. Um, and I decided that, you know, if anything, I would need to make sure my horse had plenty of air to be able to run and, um, you know, do do it again. Um, you know, and then going back in there for the runoff, um, you know, where pe most people get in trouble in a runoff is they try to do more than their horse can do. And, you know, my strategy going in was to do the exact same run, uh, you know, don't make a mistake, don't, you know, don't, don't give them an opportunity to let Andrea win, you know, so that, that was my strategy, you know, going in there. And, and maybe I was even a little more careful in the second go around because, um, you know, I knew they already liked my horse and I just needed to not, you know, not make a mistake, not try it, not get a zero, not crazy things. So I have a question. How did you get from crystallized whiskey to disco? How did that barn name come about? Uh, Wallace picked out, uh, picked out her name. He called her, uh, he called her disco right from the very beginning. And, 
you know, it, it used to be funny because he'd he'd uh, send me a text message or something. I'm riding in a disco and it's dark out on a Friday night or something like that. And I'd send him a picture of her and I said, uh, disco Friday night or disco Saturday night. And, uh, <laughs> he'd call me and say, are you really riding my horse at this time of night? And I'm like, yes, I'm really riding your horse. <laughs> <laughs> you need to put a and, disco uh, ball up in the indoor, right? Or in the cupboard. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, my wife, she bought a, we had a, uh, fraternity party at at the house. She bought a disco ball for the fraternity party. But uh, you know, Wallace was was so uh, easy to get along with during the whole entire uh, training of of disco. That it, you know, whatever I wanted to do with her, any show I wanted to take her to for the experience or anything like that, he just let me kind of take the reins and do whatever I wanted to do with her. And that was really um, pretty cool I thought because um, you know by the time we went to the first show with her to actually show her um, it, it was like another another day at home that's amazing and it was his first fraternity one as well as an owner right yes yeah, yeah, uh, he had sent me a horse uh, a couple of years ago that was uh, you know overly study and uh needed to, you know, have brain surgery done at the vet and be castrated. And, uh, I told him the, the horse just wasn't going to work. And, uh, when he turned around and, and, uh, brought disco, I was kind of surprised because I didn't, I was like, this guy, I don't think he's going to buy another one, does buy another one. And, uh, you know, who, who'd be the one that would win the fraternity when we started that's incredible. So I heard a rumor, and you correct me if I'm wrong. Is um, Wallace have electrician in his background? Was he ever an, ever an electrician? Yeah, he. Uh, <clears throat> uh, I don't know how to explain exactly what he does, but he he's an electrician. But he flies all around the world and works on these uh, large power plants and uh, turbines and stuff like that. Like uh, before the fraternity, he was uh, in uh, Corpus Christi for almost a full month rebuilding a turbine at this power plant. Um, And uh, he was a little bit worried that he was going to come to the fraternity. And I was a little bit worried that he wasn't going to come to the fraternity because the first two times I had showing disco he wasn't there because of work and so i i thought I said, he thinks that if he doesn't come it's going to continue the streak of luck <laughs> and uh, oh. so, I, so i thought like maybe he might not come but i'm i was glad he did because i was like you know if, if this happened i mean winning the congress is such a big thing to also but i was like if winning the fraternity happens and he's not there I mean, he's going regret that forever and so it was really cool that he uh him and his best friend uh mike came to the fraternity and and i got to see it also it was really cool it worked out perfectly i was down in the arena kind of trying to herd the cats you know for the the award photos a little bit and i know your family they were on fire and then the champagne and they poured it all over (laughs) you and all the things i'm like good 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 this is all the stuff that should happen this is awesome (laughs) 
We we were uh, laughing. My good friend Ruben, he tries to squirt me with some champagne, and he trips over my spurs and falls down. <laughs> and champagne champagne gets on nobody but him. <laughs> and uh, that was pretty hysterical. Well, we well, introduced you, of course, saying that you won the NRHA Youth way back in the day, just to kind of show how long you've been involved. But how long now have you been a professional, and where do you train out of? Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Um, I, I actually started showing when I was 15, um, and I, I uh, won a Youth World title when I was 17. I won the Congress Nonprofit Fraternity when I was 18, and then... Uh, Actually, uh, one of the guys that was a judge um, at the Congress calls me up later that year after the fraternity was over and uh, asked me if I wanted a job. And uh, I said, uh, I don't know if I want a job or not. I said, I, I said, I don't know how to train horses like you guys do. I said, but I said, I know how to show a horse. And, and uh, he said, well, we want to hire you to show horses for us. And we'll teach you how to train them along the way. And so I gave up my non-pro card in uh, 96, I think, 95 or 6, and uh, moved to Scottsdale, Arizona and worked for Stone Ranch, uh, where Brett Stone and uh, John Slack and Todd Bergen were all three working together. And so I got the, you know, kind of the best both worlds to be able to learn from three guys that were that good. Um, so that, that was a pretty cool place to be able to go. That is awesome. And how did you then transition from Arizona to Texas? Um, I, uh, I, actually, I actually, if I had to do it again, I, I would have done it differently, but I worked for Stone Ranch for six years, won, won myself up, up until where I was an open only rider. And, uh, that was, that was before we had four levels. You only had a limited open, intermediate open and open. And I thought that, you know, the likelihood of getting a good open horse to show after, you know, John, Todd and Brett had their three open horses. I, I was worried that I wasn't going to get a good one. And so I went out on my own and, uh, there in Cave Creek and, I mean, I had 25 or six horses in training and more of them were rope horses than reining horses and um, decided to move back home to North Carolina. And I opened up a business there and uh, won uh, six world titles while I was there and then um, decided to move out to Texas and uh you know, I, I think Texas is the place to be if you want to be in the horse business. That was my main motivation for being here. And uh, every weekend you show against a guy that can win the fraternity. And so I think it helps helps you be better when you, uh, you know, show against the guys every weekend. That is very true. And so now that you have reached this pinnacle, what are your goals for the future? What comes next, Brian? Um, uh, we're excited to go to the, uh, American, um, you know, and then, uh, as, as usual, you know, any of us, once we win anything like that, you know, I, I hope to win the fraternity again. <laughs> um, but, uh, this, for Disco, she'll, uh, 
we're going to try to pick and choose what shows she goes to next year and maybe show her, you know, three or four times throughout the year. Um, I'd like to show her in some of the events that have the, the four-year-old events that run along with it. Um, so she doesn't have to try to compete against, you know, the five, six and seven-year-olds. Um, so that's our main, main goal with her. But, you know, we have a bunch of good derby horses and, um, so we'll, we'll try to hit all the stuff and win as much as we can. Well, I'm excited to watch you compete at the American. I know it'll be a, such a great event and I so look forward to hearing what horse you choose and getting to see that whole event happen. And I know that as people listen to this podcast and see you there, they're going to be big fans as well and want to get a hold of you. What is the best way for them to reach out to you and get to know Brian Bell a little bit more? Um, they can either uh, go on our website. That's uh, Brian Bell Performance Horses. Um, or they can, my, my cell phone is always on me at all times. Awesome. Well, Brian, you know, I don't know how many people would take time out of their vacation, especially when as a reigning horse trainer, you don't get much time for that. So the fact that you're calling us (laughs) from the Dominican is pretty incredible. And we just really appreciate you getting to share a little bit of such a special day with us. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you guys so much for the interview. Well, that was just so much fun to relive that night. You know, I was standing in the alleyway watching the runoff with one of our NRHA stewards from Europe, Alessandro DeZuto, and he and I were watching this runoff and we both at one point just looked at each other and said, you know, we are going to talk about this as such a historical moment, this right here that we are watching together. And it was so special. And Brian came out of the arena with tears and Nike fell to her knees and it was just the most beautiful thing to watch and such an emotional night. And it was really fun getting to relive it today. Well, it just shows Brian's passion, right? Like he was explaining, he's been doing this since he was 15 years old and that's been a minute, right? I mean, he has made his lifelong journey doing this reigning. And then when he was walking back to his stalls, it was the same thing. Just so much more emotion, him also falling to his knees about it and then just saying, okay, and now it's time to get up and go do a rewrite, even though I was so excited about my first go and got mm-hmm. all the way. Now I'm going to go because I'm going to do a runoff on this tie, right? Mm-hmm. So just all those different steps that occurred that night, it was pretty spectacular. Truly, truly a historical night. You know, everyone that's seen multiple futurities, we all kind of talk about how, you know, the stars align at some of them and just the stories that are created on that night and the way that everything just aligns perfectly sometimes. And this one was certainly one for the history books. (laughs) It was great. And now we have another person who is young still. Not only at heart, but still, Lane is only 20 (laughs) years old, and we get to talk to him about his journey. We are so excited to have Lane Colston on the show. He has already earned nearly $600,000 in NRHA lifetime earnings at only 20 years of age. He has earned also a level four non-pro derby championship, as well as the one we're going to talk about today for the futurity, and has made many finals at all major events. Lane lives in Frankfort, Kentucky, but that's not where you are today, are you? No, no, not today. I'm not in Kentucky today. <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about where you're at and your vacation and what you just finished doing. <laughs> well, I'm actually down in the Florida Keys. My parents come down here in the wintertime and, and I just got done scuba diving for the afternoon. 
That is awesome. And Deb, were, was it okay when we called you? I think you told us earlier we had to wait a second because you were popping your ears. That is a first for me with a guest on a show <laughs> having to pop their ears before they get interviewed. I thought that was good, Lane. Yeah, no, no. I just actually like literally I just walked on the boat and I heard my phone ringing because I had <laughs> and, and I could and my ears were like popping when I was getting out of the water because that we were like 40 feet down. But uh, no, I'm all good now. I'm in the car. <laughs> well, you have been a member of the National Reining Horse Association for over 10 years. That's a minute. And yeah. um, I don't know, maybe yeah. Sarah has some scoop on you for back when you were a youth delegate. Do you have any scoop on it, Sarah? <laughs> I don't know that I have any really good stories, but it is true that when I started with NRHA's youth programs, Lane was one of the very first delegates I had. So we go way back. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, Lane, for sure. We definitely do. You have earned your first NRHA Futurity title. How does that feel? Uh, no, uh, pretty, pretty great. I mean, I, I've said that probably like 10 times now, but, you know, <laughs> uh, I've, many people work at it for many of years and, I, and I've, and I've told people that over, over the past couple of weeks, but you know, it's true. People spend their whole lives working at it and working at it and, you know, to just be able to do it on a great, on a great horse. I love that horse so much is just even better. And, you know, you have to have a great horse to, you know, when it all comes together, it's pretty great. And so it, it, that is just icing on the cake winning. <laughs> Well, no doubt. And Lane, you actually enter the finals. You had multiple horses. So the horse you wanted on going to be painted. Did you have any sort of feeling that that was the one that was going to take you to this title when you entered the show pen in the finals? Yeah. Well, you know, you always have your suspicions, but yes, from the get go, definitely when I rode him at the beginning of this year, when he was, th well, the beginning of last year, 23, um, you know, I, I could, I knew that he was a really nice horse and I just needed to do my part getting there. And I knew going into the maturity finals that he was probably the stronger of the two uh, of the two that I qualified for the finals. Mm -hmm. And so I, I knew that if I just, if I did my part, he would do his part and he definitely did. <laughs> well, that's awesome. And, you know, you talk about that horse and it's year and kind of having the suspicions throughout the year, but um, what was it like leaving the arena that night when it, you heard you know, the score? And you I, um, well, so really it was kind of, it was kind of, uh, I was a little nervous because they had held my score and I wasn't sure what they had held it for. And after I watched my video with my trainer and my parents, I realized that it was because it kind of looked like I had a trot step in my circle, but it didn't. After we watched the video, we were like, oh, we're, we're fine. We're good. And then after after they announced my score, when we were standing there right in front of the videos, we, we were so we were so excited. I mean, it was like one of the greatest feelings of the world. You know, I mean, you just can't you can't explain it like there's like that. I, I told someone one day, I said, there's no amount of money that you could pay for that right there. Like there's no like car I've ever driven, boat I've ever rode on that, or anything, <laughs> vacation, wherever it is, anything that could, that could express that feeling. Um, I mean, it's just like nothing else, but you know, and with that being said too, I mean, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of emotion, and, you know, people, like I said, people spend their whole lives working towards, 
you know, winning the paturity or, you know, even making the finals. I mean, anytime I make the finals, I'm just, you know, kind of wipe the sweat off my forehead. I'm like, Phew, that was hard <laughs> enough as it is. And so, you know, to win is even, even better. Um, and, and, you know, you just, you gotta, can't, don't want to take it for granted because, you know, you never know. It might not ever happen again, but, um, but yeah, no, it was it, it, the best feeling in the world. Definitely. So more fun than the dive you just did. Oh yeah, still top that. I mean, that's good. Fun and all, but, but but yeah, still tops that. Tops everything. I love sure. it. So tell us a little bit more about this horse. So going to be painted a little bit so more about he, the horse and a little bit more about why you knew he was so special. So he's four now, I guess. You know, so we bought him when he was a wingling. Uh, we were, I was out in the McCutcheon field and I saw him, and I've rode quite a few of his siblings. Um, and I just, I just saw him and I was like, you know, dad, we probably should buy him. Um, I mean, there are all the other ones are good. We should probably buy him. And my dad, we kind of hum hoed around about it for a month. And then I finally just like, all right, let's come on, let's get him. And so we bought him when he was a baby and, and all of his brothers were fabulous horses. I mean, his mom has produced, uh, I guess, I think around like over half a million. And so I just knew that, that there was probably a chance that he would be a good horse too, but you know, you never know with horses. I mean, they're animals. And so I just, uh, so after I, I always tell people, I don't really like to rat two-year-olds. I'm more of a broke horse kind of person, but, um, <laughs> but when I rode him, when he was two, I, I, I knew I was like, Oh, this horse is going to be pretty special. So I knew from, I knew from then. And, and then as he got uh, throughout the rest, throughout the beginning of his three-year-old year and then through his three-year-old year, he just got better and better. And he really, he was, I mean, from what I saw, I didn't train him, but from riding him throughout his training, um, you know, I think my trainer, Jake Ballard, had a pretty easy time with him um, just because he's such an easygoing horse. And so that makes it, that makes it a lot better. Well, it's so fun that you were able to, you know, you said you don't like the two-year-old year, but that's so fun that you were able to be close enough to get to enjoy all of that time with him though. And, you know, still really be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, and not that I don't like two-year-olds, but it's not really my forte. And, and <laughs> I, and, you know, I'll just let the trainers do their jobs and I can watch from afar until it's my, it's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And what, you know, what is that relationship like with Jake Ballard to help get, you and the horse all prepared to accomplish yeah. this together. So Jake, so Jake had, um, Jake had cricket since he's had, had him, you know, through his three-year-old year. We brought him to him in January. It was three-year-old year and his two-year-old year and Brant had him. And then, um, mm. I ride, I ride really well behind Jake. And so it's easy for me to, let's say I can't go down there for, you know, a month or so to ride. You mm. know, it's easier for me to hop on and pick back up right where we left off. There's no, it's um we I ride pretty well behind him and it's just we always kind of have a game plan. He knows that he knows that when it's showtime, I'll I I'll do I'll be there and be on my A game. If he has the horse ready, you know we're good to go. But well, most times I say that and I'm not on my A game. But you know, <laughs> um, but but you know I will say that there's a good balance because he you know he knows what to help me with and he knows that if I need help, I'll ask him. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't ha- you know he doesn't have to. Uh, you know, over the years, you know, when I was younger, I used to kind of like someone to hold my hand a little bit, but now I kind of like to just get a feel for it myself. And then if I, you know, if I need something, I can, you know, ask or reach out, but 
you know, I try to let the trainers do their jobs because that is their job. And I, I just, I like I always tell people, you know, sometimes you just got to step back and, you know, reevaluate, but me, me and Jake work pretty well together because we know what each of us needs to do and how we need to go about it. And we, and I ride well behind him. So it's a pretty good fit. So Lane, I know we all have, you know, horses that are registered and they always have fancy names, but then we always have a barn name. So why cricket? You know, actually, I don't know because we, when we bought him, I never figured out why they named him that. I, I thought it was cute though. Um, they, when we bought him, that was his name. I think one of the girls at the McCutcheon's breeding barn named him that. Um, but you know, so no, I don't, I don't know why his name, I actually wanted to change his show name before we, before I started showing him, but my, we tried to do it, but my mom was like, no, just leave it the same. That's so we didn't end up changing it. Well, and then I told her one day, I was like, oh, well, I'm kind of glad we didn't. That's probably right. <laughs> well, definitely kept some good luck in there <laughs> for sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, Lane, coming off such a big win like this, I love that you mentioned that some people worked their whole life for this and you're only 20. You know, what are some of your personal goals for the future and then show pen goals after this? Um, well, I, I'd say for like, as in me and cricket, um, together, like as a team, you know, mm -hmm. I'd like to, I'd like to keep showing him, you know, throughout his derby years and just see what else we can accomplish, you know, for a four, their four-year-old years, you know, kind of a tough year for derby horses because, you know, there's five, six and seven-year-olds ahead, ahead of them. And, you know, they're so much stronger and and, you know, more mature. And so I think next year, you know, I want, I want to show him, um, at some, a couple of the big shows and see how, and see how we get along. Um, I mean, I have, I have a lot of faith in him just because he's such a talented horse. Um, so that, that's what I want to do with him and, and just see where we, you know, go together as a team. But, um, I have faith that he's going to just continue to get better as he gets older, just like all of his brothers have. Um, and then as far as my as far as my other horses and riding, you know, I just, I, I really like to do it for fun. I always tell people, you know, if you're not doing it for fun, don't do it at all because, you know, at the end of the day, we're just riding around in circles in an arena. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's true, but it, but it is fun. So if you're not having fun doing it, you know, there's no reason to do it at all. And so, um, and so that's, that's kind of how I like to go about it, but also I like to win. So there's the other side of it, but you know, I, I don't go, I don't go out there just to have fun, but, winning is having fun. That's what my dad always tells me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, that's, that's my plan for, you know, my horses and cricket for, for the rest of the year. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to showing him again in a couple of months. That's going to be awesome. And then how about some personal goals? Go ahead and let our listeners know who is Lane. Are you in college? What, what are your plans? Career so I actually, um, so actually I started at the, university of kentucky last year and um i didn't i didn't go back this fall i've actually been working at my um at my family's paving company in kentucky and um so i've been working there and really one of the one of the other reasons i didn't go back was because i knew that if i did i wouldn't have enough time to show that maturity cricket this past year in the <laughs> fall and i wanted to show him and i told and uh but that's not the full reason either you know i've i've mm -hmm kind of taking an interest in my dad's business and I've been working there and, and, you know, um, I like to ride horses and, and if I want to keep doing that in life, I need to be successful at something. And, um, <laughs> so I, so that's what I, that's what my plans are for now. And then, um, 
and then I would say that I'd say that you know I like to, I like to ride, so you know I spend a lot of time doing that. But I, that's just you know a hobby. So I've been working for our paving business all year, and I'll, I'll continue working there next year. Um, we're, we're closed. We closed down in the winter time. I'm also planning on getting my real estate license and doing that, like learning something else. I think that would be cool. Um, so for now, that's what I'm doing. Um, but you know, plans are always subject to change. You never know what's going to happen. That and, is true. Uh, but right, yeah. That is definitely true. So uh, that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> well, as far as Colston Paving goes, we thank your family for, of course, being an NRHA corporate partner. That's pretty awesome. And you know what? You have raised enough money now, just in prize money with raining, that you could definitely go back to college and have it all paid for if you felt like it one day or not. <laughs> yeah, you could just that, do whatever, yeah, right? true. I think that's like the good thing about, you know, college is if you want to, you know, always, you know, I feel like some people kind of like get in a funk about what they want to do with their life, you know, right out of high school. But you know, you don't always have to make a decision right away when you're 18 years old. I mean, I'm 20 now, but you know, the, uh, I mean, you can go or you can not go or you can go back one day, you know, but there's many different things to do. You know, my dad, my dad didn't actually go to college, but you know, I don't think you don't have to always like, I've kind of learned, you know, I've met a lot of people in the reigning horse industry that, you know, went to college and are successful and didn't go to college and that are very successful too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just, I mean, you can take many different paths to life, but I feel like the definition of success is a lot different for many people. You know, some people just want to ride horses and, you know, and some people want to do it for fun and some people want to, you know, make a, do it and make a living. And, you know, I think, I think, you know, you can go about it many different ways, but it's just whatever you really want to do. I kind of just, I kind of just try to, you know, you kind of got to live your own life a little bit sometimes and people forget that. But I've kind of tried that. My mom always reminds me of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have had the pleasure of getting to know your entire family over just this uh, short while that I've been working at the NRHA and I've really enjoyed them. And you're right about yeah, that, though. Likewise. You know, my husband is an electrician, so he um, went the trade school route. I have my master's yeah. degree, so I certainly went the college route. And, you know, we'll see what our boys do. One of our boys is currently in college. The other one's thinking about oh, definitely. Cool college too but you know there's yeah. so many different things you can do and i think it's fantastic yeah. no I, I mean i love i won't lie i loved college college is a great time i won't lie about it at all um, <laughs> and you meet some people actually one of my one of my friends that just went diving with me he, i met him at college and he's right here with me but um but the uh but yeah i think you know you can take many different paths in life and you know if you enjoy something and work hard at it you'll probably be successful <laughs> Um, AKA what happened to you at Futurity Lane. So thank you so much for being on today. You obviously have worked very yeah, hard at the sport of reigning and you thank just you did a much. fantastic job. It was a pleasure to see you in. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. Uh, much appreciated. Well, Christy, there's a first for everything. And I think having to wait to start an interview while someone pops their ears after coming up from a dive <laughs> <is> the first. <laughs> I think that's pretty awesome. I am really, truly glad, though, that we didn't end up with him in the chamber, right? Because he got the beds or something <laughs> horrible. So at least it all worked out. It was great. It all worked out and just goes to show again about our reigning community and how passionate everyone is that's involved you have someone literally taking a call from a dive boat, another person on their one family vacation, they get a year. I mean, it really is pretty crazy when you think about it. <laughs> I think it's great. Well, and I so enjoyed just hearing the passion of both of these futurity winners. It was the first time for both of them. And obviously both of them, not new to raining, been doing it a, bit, a minute, but just so much passion. And the fact that they both got to be, you know, brand new winners is always exciting to share the wealth. I love that.
Absolutely. And just such a fun night to be a part of as a spectator and getting to hear about kind of the backstory of it together today was really, really fun. So where can people find out more about the Futurity, see some of the runs, see that epic runoff we just spoke about? Where can people go to find that? So we have a website specifically for the Futurity, nrhafuturity.com. And you can watch all of the winning runs, you know, the Futurity runs, the North American the Adequan North American Affiliate Championship winning runs. And we also have a Vimeo. So if you really are getting into reigning and you just want to see a ton of runs, that would be an awesome place. And they're organized by event too, which makes it even more fun. Or That's really good. Yeah. Or if someone is listening today and simply just wants to hear more from other reigners, you can also go to nrha.com slash podcast to listen to uh, all of our past podcasts so far, we have NRHA judges, NRHA stewards, past fraternity winners, all kinds of different folks um, that we've had on so far. And we have so enjoyed doing this podcast for you. This reigning podcast has been something that has been such a joy for me personally. I really enjoyed it. I love getting to know our members in a deeper, more relaxed way like this, because when they're at the competitions, right, they're they're working hard and we get them on their days off and on vacation when we do the podcast, which is great. It really is. It's It's been so much fun and I'm really, really glad we got to do this one today, especially. So everyone that's listening, now it's your turn to go out and have the slide of your life. <laughs>